When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room podcast, the number one Cardiff City podcast brought to you by Wales Online in association with Giovanni's. It's the international break, but it's time to dissect Cardiff City's first eight games of the season. The 1-0 defeat to Spurs at the weekend and all the red card controversy that came with it. I'm Dominic Booth, joined, of course, by Nathan Blake and Paul Abandonato. Bonjour. Hello. Uh, we've got some special guests in the studio today. We're going to try and ignore that and get on as we, as we normally would, Nathan. Absolutely. Uh, and Nathan's even been made a tea this week. Well, so we'll explain who the special guests are. Why don't you explain who the well, special guests we've are? We've got our BBC uh, colleagues here to film Blakey's Boot Room podcast and... And PLP. It's going to be shown around the world, I'm told. 380 so million viewers. PLP, not, not BBC. PLP. PLP. Premier League Productions. Premier League Premier Productions, Productions, for those who don't my, know. my apologies. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Should we get on, lads? Yes, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> let's go back to Wembley then, Nathan. And it was a 1 0 defeat for Cardiff. They went down to 10 men for, uh, for 30 minutes or more. Uh, should we start with a red card incident and what you made of that? Joe Rowles, obviously, tackle on Lucas Moore has been in the headlines this week. Yeah, I didn't think there was any argument with that. I thought it was... Uh, um, I don't think Harry Kane's uh, and one or two other players' reaction helped. But, you know, in saying that, if someone goes through one of my players like that, that's the first thing I'm going to do. So, And if the shoe was on the other foot, I could see the likes of Morrison or Bamba or whoever... You know, running up and grabbing a, a Harry Kane or whoever. So, for me, it was um, it was certainly a red card. I don't think anyone can argue with that. I don't think it was too cynical for me. If I think if you attempted to play the ball, with, uh, attempted to play the man without actually looking at him, um, maybe tried to make out he accidentally tripped him or something like that. I think he would have got away with it, Ralph. But with the uh, the ball one side. The player, the other, and he directly looked at the player and then just took him out, and it was pretty high and pretty rash. I think the goal scorer Eric Dyer actually made the point on match of the day. There's, there were cuter ways, there were more clever ways for Rouse to have made a that professional challenge. foul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a professional foul, but it was just too high and it too was, reckless. I think we, we talked through the laws, Paul, didn't we, on the way back, and we, we decided it was serious foul play. We all thought it was a red card. I know fans thought differently. Well, we did. Um, that, I mean, this incident happened right in front of the the press box at Wembley mm. so you know I was actually shocked at the frosty of the incident when it happened and mm. straight away tweeted out that that was a absolute clear red card was inundated with Cardiff fans saying they'd seen it back on a replay and there's no way it was a red and I changed my mind I was a bit after after was with Neil Warnock after the game and he he turned his eye on to Harry Kane straight away in the Tottenham players um, which sort of gave it a whole new dimension 
but then Cardiff appealed the decision, which surprised me. Now, they can only have appealed that on a technicality. I think Neil Warnock was saying that it wasn't violent conduct, in his opinion. Um, there's no way that appeal was, was going to be upheld. No, no, no that was the most blatant, that was the blatant yeah. red card yeah. I've seen for some time. Well, Warnock um, said he didn't, he didn't think the tackle endangered Lucas Moura's life, which I don't the, think is the barometer. It's, it's not that you don't... Yeah, you don't... My, what, 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 so... The flip side is then he has to break him in two for him to get a red card. No one wants to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that happen to a Spurs player, just like I don't want to see it happen to a Cardiff player. We shouldn't be saying, you know, if he rips him in half and then, okay, then it warrants a red card. You can't do that. It was the distance away from the ball, exactly. wasn't it? It was, it was, a, it was well, a mile away from the ball. Well, he wasn't even looking at the ball. No. The ball was the wrong side of him. That's... That's the cynicism in the tackle. But, you know. but to me, this is absolutely black and white, mm. that it was an absolute blatant red card, but it has completely split the fan base. There are an awful lot of supporters who don't who are absolutely adamant that it's a yellow at worst, some of them are saying. Was that appeal then from Cardiff born out of the frustration that was vented through the fans, or was it a genuine... Did they genuinely think that no, that would I, be a I, rescinded? I, I genuinely think that they thought that they could get it rescinded on the basis that it wasn't, in their words, violent conduct. If he'd done that tackle in 95, he probably would have got away with it. Probably in still got it. In 1895. <laughs> <laughs> in 2000 and, 2018, you're not getting away with that tackle. You know, if you get a, if you get a yellow for that tackle then you've got to consider yourself very fortunate, I think. What about the game as a whole then, chaps? I've personally thought Cardiff didn't play too badly. I know we spoke at half-time, Nathan, and you were, you were of a different yeah, opinion, that I, they weren't well, playing very for, well at all. For, for, for me, it was, you know, they had one or two chances. Um, but you're looking at a Tottenham side depleted with injuries and probably playing at on half-tilt. Yeah. Cardiff at full-tilt and... You know, you felt that Tottenham could step at step up at any time, and really put it to Cardiff. They 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 were they almost turned up going through the motions for me, Spurs, and that's that was my disappointment. That um, you know, was any of that because of Cardiff putting the pressure on them though, or, or do you just think? Listen, Cardiff did okay. Don't I'm saying, but you're talking Cardiff at full tilt and Tottenham at half tilt, and they still like turn up as if. You know, the game's already won and they go out and they win the game. You'd have to say quite comfortably in the end. So that was, you know, I'm not saying it wasn't a decent performance by Cardiff. It's just the, the, the gap between the two teams against many of the teams is just um, it's just too big. And we've got to find a way of trying to, trying to bridge those uh, gaps. Because at, at the moment, they just, you, you know, you, you, felt, you felt if Cardiff had scored, Spurs would have gone and scored two or three more. Yeah, that's how I felt. Positives, though, Paul. We spoke about the encouragement kind of should be taken from the from the performance, if not the results. Certainly, chances for Murphy and Hoyler and Morrison hit the post in the second half. Yeah, they were very few and far between, though. I think Blakey's right. I mean, when you're caught up in the game, you're not really analysing it. Are you? You're not analysing mm. it as deeply as somebody like Blakey with his natural professional background is um, but in hindsight yeah Tottenham were in second gear yeah they turned up like it second gear you know, like um, if there were positives I think Sean Morrison had an excellent game having had a poor game the previous time out uh, against Burnley uh, really encouraged by that I was actually encouraged by Cardiff's shape for the first time I think 
Even though Cardiff lost, I think for the first time this season, Neil Warnock got the shape of the side right. Mm -hmm. Three proper centre mids, which you need at this level. Two wide men to offer balance. And whether the right personnel are in those positions is always going to be open to debate. Everyone have their own opinions about that. But well, I, we, think, I think that is the shape that they need to take into... They can't afford to go to it. We've said it on the show since day one. Going to a midfield is, I think, is suicidal. I honestly do. I think... Um, you got your wish, Blake, in Camarasa playing a more central role, pushing on from midfield. Yeah, yeah. Still still think you, you want more from all of them, really, the trio. But I think it's going to take time for them to gel. Time is not something we're blessed with, unfortunately. But um, I just don't think you can go two men in midfield at this, this level uh, with a team that's just come up and you've got no experience, not one or two, you've got no experienced Premier League players. So for me, you either flood your defence or you flood your midfield. And uh, you know, two men in midfield against most teams we've played, I think what they've been able to do is, is play through us too often and too easily. What about what happens next then? Because no Joe Rouse, and I'm sure you two will say that's no problem at all because you don't rate him. A lot of fans oh, and me will That's a bit unfair. That is, this just because you love it. We, know, we all know it's an ongoing theme in the podcast and you two don't like Joe Rouse and I do. It's not about liking or disliking. Yeah. I just, I, what I always say is I want more from Joe Rouse. You know, if you're playing in the Premier League in the central and midfield, you know, I'm not saying you have to be the most creative, but you have to have creation about you. Simple as that. Or you have to have speed or um, agility prowess. Joe is a, a rough and tumbler, but you're always looking for progression and going to the next level and, and saying, right, what am I going to enhance my game with? So, but the card it's not making out like <laughs> Paul and I dislike. It was not about a dislike. We just feel there's more that can come from it. The answer is very simple, Dom. Aaron Gunnison replaced him, provided that he isn't injured on international duty this week. Mm. It's a straightforward swap. But do we have to worry about that? Because Aaron Gunnison's had, had no game time. He's not, he's not had 90 minutes and to come straight back into the Premier League in that really pivotal role that Rouse has been playing, you two say that Gunnison's ready made for it and I wouldn't disagree with that. But I would worry about his fitness and about whether we're going to see the Aaron Gunnison that we know and love. Yeah, but surely you can get away with that more as a holding midfield player. Blake with three players in there, I think, yeah. Than you can as a, as yeah. a striker or a wide player. And I'd actually have Arda next to Gunnison and Cam Rasa ahead. Then you've got, you're almost playing with two holding midfielders. We've spoken about this before, Dom, but I would have two people protecting my back four, basically. Look, this, I think, you know... Blake and I are in agreement on this. That is the midfield triumvirate that we think Cardiff should play, isn't it? Mm. Gunnarsson, Arta, Camarasa, I think yeah. it offers the best blend. Um, we're going to we, get three games to see it now, we'll, we'll most see likely. Now. Yeah, we'll see now. But, but it's only going to be the best blend and the best triumvirate if Gunnarsson's at his best. I and mean, There's no evidence to suggest he will be. <laughs> Just because you dislike Goodison, no, no. I love that. No, I like Goodison. I, I think Goodison's a top. No, honestly, I think Goodison's a top. top you're just player. worried about your boy not being in the team no more. That's all you're worried about. Well, I think That's I don't Joe know. What, I don't know what the stats are, but I think Joe Rouse must be covering a lot, a lot of ground in that midfield. And if you lose they that, have to. That's if you lose why. that, then that's a, that's a big thing in the Premier League. I know Arta covers a lot, but mm. I don't think you'd expect a Goodison having had no football, to cover as much ground as, as Rouse doesn't shut down these teams. Mm, OK, I'll well, take your point. 
We'll I, I'm not going to argue with you, Dom. What I would That's say is very, that, very strange. <laughs> much, usually you do. Much, much as much as Warnock loves Riles, he also loves Aaron Gunnison. As soon as he could get Gunnison back in the team at the tail end of last season, he fitted him in there. So he's a big fan of Gunnison. Um, we remember, preposterously in my opinion, Gunnison wasn't even the team when Neil Warnock came to the club. And of mm. course, Neil put him in straight away and made him one of his kingpins. He then has been afflicted by injuries since, which have affected his form. But how old's Aaron now? He's only about 29. He's hardly time to put him out to pasture, Don. I'm not like putting him out to pasture, but, no, but a lot of people play are. For a, lot a, year. Pe- a lot of people are, but that happens in football. Players mm. do get injured, but they come back from those injuries. And, yeah. and you know, fingers just crossed. Needs a run. Just needs a good run yeah. again. Okay, one more issue I want to discuss before we get into our uh, debate in part two. Um, is a criticism that's come Cardiff's way from a lot of rival fans this season and the Rouse incident only exacerbated it. People are saying Cardiff are a dirty team, that they're an overly physical team. Neil Warnock getting a lot of criticism on social media and elsewhere from pundits. The Rouse tackle supposedly being an example of that. Mm. I, I, mean, I've, I looked at the stats the other day on this and Cardiff have got 10 yellow cards this season, which is... I think only three teams have fewer, mm. and that's Man City, Chelsea, and Liverpool. So, is this a bit of a, a misgiving from other fans that Cardiff are supposedly this? I just, I, I'm not, I, it brought off a duck's back to me, though, really. You have to be what you have to be. If that's physicality that wins you games, then so be it. If it's skill, so be it. If it's running harder and longer than the opposition, and so be it. You know, there's no, there's no rule against being physical. I think. You know, it's a bit of a contradiction, really, because I think most of these pundits of former players all say, ooh, the game's gone soft, ooh, this, that, and the other. And then when they see a physical team, they're like, ooh, they, you know, they can't be that physical, it's not allowed anymore. So I just look at it and think, whatever. It's a good point. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it is. It's a, they, they all contradict themselves. They, they, you know, they're fools in that way for me because there's you no know, debate card for a physical side though, are there? Not, yeah, they, I, they, listen, I understand, I understand that football isn't what it was, like I just said, in '95 or you know in the '60s or the '70s. It's not. It moves on. It progresses. It always moves forward. That's just life in general. But the physicality side of the game, I don't want to see that lost. I don't want to see people not tackling. I don't want to see the likes of Rals not going through someone. Um, you know, obviously you want it to be clean, you don't want anyone to be injured, but that physicality, that, that strength, you know, that's that's part and parcel of, uh, it's a fundamental, actually. That's why I tell kids who are like 15, 16, it's the first thing managers speak about. You know, they win a game, they're on, you know, TV, the first thing they say is we were aggressive, we this, we that, and then we were able to play our football, blah, 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 blah. Or if they lose the game, it's the flip side. We weren't aggressive enough in the tackle. We lost. We didn't need that. So for me, people complain about being overly aggressive. I just don't understand it. Paul? Well, whoever these critics are, I wish they'd seen Cardiff in the Championship because they're a lot more physical down there. I'm, I'm not sure they're being physical enough, Blakey. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, Cardiff are not going to outplay teams at this level. Yeah. Maybe if they are to win, they've got to play the proper nil one up way, and I'm not sure they are. I think they're going between the fitting between two stools at the moment because he re- he probably realised that at that level you need more to the game. You do, than, you than do, that. and that's the problem. So, you know, I'm actually not sure they're being as physical as Cardiff teams that we've seen in the last couple of years. To be honest with you, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, 
Stop the cream Caught between a rock, a rock and a hard place at the moment. Because but, that's a good way to describe. Yeah, it. because they to, need to progress though. That the problem is, I don't think they can get away playing that fully back to front, up and at them. Well, pure you've said aggression. that continuously, and I agree with they, that. They, they can't, they can't do that in the Premier League because the problem is when you're coming up against players in the Premier League, you don't hear players complaining about physicality, right? So if Paul's coming up against me and he's being physical, I'm not going to say the ref. Oh, ref, he, you know, he's been a bit too physical in this game. I'm going to match fire with fire. That's what you do. First and foremost, that's the name of the name of the game. So, you know, it is what it is. But Cardiff are in a position where they definitely need to start to try and play. And they've tried, and that's the problem for me. They're trying to progress, but it needs, you know, work hours and hours and hours is training ground it's the stuff that us players will tell you we hate stand still stop stand still stop stand still every five minutes you can't get into a session but you know you know it's so important it's crucial actually interesting stuff from both of you right let's have a quick break then and we'll discuss uh, attacking options and more in our debate in part two Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. Into our debate then, chaps. And two main questions for me to ask you. But first, the first one, is Callum Patterson an option now for Cardiff City as their number nine, their main striker? I think when the teams were announced at Wembley, Paul... You and I weren't sure who was going to play number nine. We thought maybe Josh Murphy, as Blakey has suggested. Uh, but it turned out Patterson played up there. And actually, at times, real, well, he put in a shift the whole 90 minutes and at times did trouble yeah. uh, the Spurs defenders. Yeah, I remember raising this with Blakey because I have an email about it from, I think his name's Barry Shears, who's a Cardiff City fan, um, who, who suggested the idea to me. Do you remember I raised it three weeks ago, Blakey? Mm. Yeah, And you were very dismissive of it, so I yeah. dismissed it then. Mm. Um what I would say about him is he does put in a shift, he wins headers, he will be a menace to defenders because of his work rate, and I actually think he really troubled Alderweireld than Sanchez on really limited service. I think Alderweireld might have got booked for a, for a foul on him at one point. Sanchez... Sanchez, there was one incident where the ball was played diagonally and Sanchez, he was really quick. You know, I've seen this bloke, you know, play for Colombia international level. He's, he's, he's quite fast. And Patino, I didn't think had speed, absolutely raced him down and nicked the ball off him. And, and Was that when Sanchez tried to cut across him? I think so, and yeah. And tripped him up and pretended like I didn't yeah, do anything. Got yeah, that old one. Um, <laughs> But now what I would say to this, these are top defenders, particularly all the Veerold, yeah, and I think there was probably an element of surprise from them both. I'm not sure if they played Patterson again, if he would trouble them to the same degree. But, you know, given, you know, I've got my doubts about Danny Ward, even though lots of Cardiff fans love him. Ken, for whatever reason, is not firing. Um, Patterson does have certain qualities. He did prove... 
I, I remember when you went up to see Blakey for the for that. Sorry, when you went to see Warnock for that. He is Blakey. Blakey's boot room special. Mm-hmm. Um, he spoke to you about about not Pat- being sure where Patterson. Well, more more a case of Patterson just having this knack of being able to get into the box in the right areas at the right time. Mm-hmm. And you were saying you can't coach that. That mm-hmm. just happens. Mm-hmm. Whether he can score goals at Premier League level remains to be seen. He certainly did in the Championship, having been moved from full-back to midfield to number 10, and now he's even further forward in the team as as the centre-forward. Um, it is a problem area for Cardiff, and Neil Warnock clearly hopes that Patterson can solve it. There are, there are pros and cons for every one of the players that Neil's tried in that position so far, You know, whether it's Zahor, Ward, Medine, Bobby Reid... Um, Patterson's got quite a lot of attributes, but it's a, let's be honest, it's a problem position because Cardiff didn't sign the marquee Premier League ready striker that they wanted to in the summer, isn't it? That that was a. I think it'd be a problem position even if he had, he was after Tammy Abraham. I think Tammy showed at Swansea scoring goals isn't easy in the Premier League. And Cardiff haven't scored many goals this season, so. But even if I Cardiff think, even has if, to link if, the play and just just. Be competitive up there. They haven't really had anyone who's looked like getting involved. Well, because in the at, game, the, really. at the moment, okay, look, look at it like this, right? You've got Reed, who would you you would say is different to Ward. Ward is different to Zahor. Zahor is different to Patterson. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Right, and Cardiff play one way. So out of those four players, who fits Cardiff's way of playing best? I think Kenneth Zahor, personally. Well, you could say Zahor or Patterson. You could say either of them, couldn't right. you? Well, Patterson is not a hold-up player, is he? He's a flick-on. Right. Yeah, which is what he'd right. done last year. If you looked at how he got his goals, a lot of it was Kenneth, Kenneth Zahor had less pressure to go and physically hold up the ball or win the first ball and then run on to a lot of the second balls that Patterson, which you've seen on the weekend, Murphy almost got on the end of a couple of uh, Patterson's flick-ons but Isn't it in the Premier League I'm looking for I'm looking well I'm looking for I'm looking for someone who can flick the ball on yeah great but I'm looking for a centre forward who can hold up the ball who can bring people into play who can turn defenders who makes runs in behind round defenders you know who got finishing prowess who, who got you know you're looking for what I'm saying is, Cardiff haven't got someone who can do all of that. Though, well, of course they have. Well, they, they got, they, well, they got Bobby Reid's a centre forward. Zahor's a centre forward. My, my point is, but neither of them have got the all-round skills. Really, they got maybe half of those attributes or three quarters. If I'm if I'm Reid, Ward, <laughs> Zahor, and Patterson is playing in front of me as a striker, and Medine, remember, and Medine, sorry, if I'm those four strikers and Patterson's in front of me as a striker, well, you know. Well, it's, just, it's, it's time to have a really serious look at yourself because, you know, as as good as Patterson played, I thought he was. I thought he was good Saturday, and I think he gives Cardiff an option. But in the ten position, I would say yeah, because we've seen him do that last year, and he he does. He arrives in the box. He's got great timing and what have you. So I want to see him do that. I think he's not. He's not your focal point. You know, he is from a goalkeeper's kick to flick on and people run on to, but in general. General play, you know, what I'm saying is, uh, you know, you've got a player who can play number 10, midfield, right back, right wing back, 
holding down the number nine position. Uh, that's it's your bread and butter position. Well, that's where we're at, isn't it? With with people, other people not firing. I just, I, I, I just think like you know, to me that 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 would be if I was if I was a striker, then I would be insulted, and that that would get me going if nothing else. You know, I, I look at the strikers and I think they must be thinking, well. But none of them have done any, enough to then say, well, that's my shirt. That's my position. I'll do the lot. So what's your answer to your own question? Who fits Cardiff Salah play the best? Well, they based it around Zahor. That's what they based their whole game around last season. Hence why the Medin signing come in, put pressure on Kenneth. He stepped up. Also, I thought what they had done was they were reliant too much upon Kenneth. And when they moved Patterson into the 10 position... It took so much pressure off him in having to win the flick on and then try and chase his own flick on and win that and constantly up against two defenders. It's a difficult ask. I've said that before. So what Patterson done with his physicality and his aerial prowess was take a whole leap of pressure off Kenneth, which freed him up effectively. It, it, it gives him more energy, more legs to be able to do things in between rather than think, I've just got to battle these two defenders constantly for but, 90 minutes but like you say Nath in the Premier League you I think rightly say you need three in midfield mm-hmm. if you want two out wide which I think Cardiff should always have yeah. that means you can't have two up front you can't have a Patterson just off well you either have a Patterson or a Camarasa but this is what but this is what I'm saying you have you, you well you have a Camarasa yeah but you, the problem is this, we haven't got a settled 11 no it's, it's, there's Right. It's been still, changes every game. Look, yeah, every game is still looking for the answer, basically. Yeah, that's a great point. Do you know what I mean? Great and we're point. not we've not got a set of eleven, so it's we're trying like square pegs and round holes, if you like. Oh, hopefully that'll work, or hopefully that'll work, or hopefully that'll work. You, you know, you, you basically you've got to try and get a settled eleven first and foremost, where people can start to build those relationships and partnerships just like we've seen in the promotion campaign last season we've seen it we've witnessed it we've witnessed how they had like a method said, of playing they had, right. they had a structure they had right. a team they had, right. they had individuals who they trusted right. and you had partnerships all over the park which were working and worked very well does it come down to and is it time to question the signing of Medine in January for £6 million he still hasn't scored a goal do we need to be looking into this a lot more seriously than we have been in that Medine was signed for £6 million. He now appears to be the fifth choice striker, based on what we've just been saying. And the signing of him for that amount of money may have put Cardiff off spending big money on a striker again in the summer, perhaps. Or if they'd signed someone who was Premier League ready, that person, say it was a Lewis Graben or who else they were linked with, Troy Deeney in the summer... They'd be ready to come into the team, whereas Medine doesn't seem Premier League ready. Well, what if, what what a Troy Deeney gives you is the all-round striker play. Now, some strikers are better at hold-up play. Some strikers are better in the air. Some strikers are quicker. Some strikers are smaller and fox in the box types. But you base around your you base your philosophy around what you've got to hand, basically. And but we're kind of stung, do you think, by signing Medine for so much money and it not coming off? Is that is that becoming I, a problem? I don't I don't I don't know. I honestly can't answer that that question. I look at um, Gary and I, I just I just think sometimes, you know, players sign for clubs. I've seen it myself 
you know, where people sign for clubs and it just doesn't work out. It just doesn't work out for whatever reason. It doesn't work out. And so far, for Gary, it hasn't worked out because as a striker, ultimately, you're just on goals. That's what, you know, it's an old saying, but now you're now seeing Gary Medine's form wouldn't matter if Gary Medine had scored four goals this season. His form wouldn't matter because his goals are more important. So, you know, I don't Same think... Same goes with Cannes I don't think it's fair to dig out one player in I'm this not digging scenario. out Medina. I know, I, know, I, I know you're not digging him out. Like, what I'm saying is I, I don't think it's fair to focus on him and the transfer fee. One, you can't help what people pay for you. That's Neil Warnock's decision, not Gary Medina's. So I couldn't... You can't have a go at the player for being signed for six million. You know, the club has made that decision. You know, there's other players we signed, whether it was for next to nothing or whatever, but you're still paying them wages. You've got to ask again the value of what you're paying them out of them. And for someone like Gary, it's, it's, it, he's never been really brought in and seen or given, right, you're my number one. And I think sometimes... You, That's what you need to hear. The general it? public underestimate what that does for a player, right? Is knowing that I can have a run of four or five games without scoring, I'm not playing top form, but my ma- the manager still understands what he's got in me. So he relies on me, trusts me. And at the moment, you know, you, point the, you could point the finger at Ken as a horse. It was a £20 million player being spoken of last season. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, we all thought he was going to rip up the Premier League because the physicality isn't as much. You're going to get a bit more time on the ball. I thought it was, I thought it was built for, I thought the Premier League was perfect for Kenneth Hall. That's not worked out. You know, he paid 10 or 11 million for Reed. That's not worked out. Ward, he's probably the fans' favourite out of all the strikers. But, but he has limitations as well, doesn't he? Well, yeah, he's, he's not going to rip anyone for pace or anything like that, but he's a very good player. Do you understand me? Yeah, so yeah. they all have their, they all have their, you know. So given that, given that weakness, or you know, there, are, there are, there are chinks in all of their armor, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Patterson becomes the option at, at number nine, and that's no, that. no, 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 no. If we're there, what would you do against? Fulham, listen, if if we're if, if we're if we're at the position where Pato is the number nine. Because he wins flip-ons, um, is a bit physical. It's the writing's on the wall. I'm telling you now, if that's the case, if we're hanging our hat on uh, a midfielder, come defender, right back who can up play up front here and there at Premier League level, then you know it's it's over, really, isn't it? Because you're not going to see Patterson scoring. Okay, who gets your goals then? Because you can't go into the game thinking. Well, Patterson was the top scorer last season. Yeah, that was last season. You know, I went on all day last season. <laughs> you know what I mean? What I've done in the past is is it's in the past, especially in football. You know, and I rate him. I rate him highly. I think he, he utilized in the right way as he was last season. He's brilliant. You know, he's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So, for me, it's it's maximising all these players. And then, unfortunately, I don't think Neil Warnock can be our responsible for players' form. 
people like Zahor, not on it. Reed, I think he's done well whenever he's played, but obviously, for whatever reason, not being selected as the number nine. Ward probably didn't warm up properly Saturday, that's why he pulled the calf or wherever. Probably just asked to come on too quickly, but he's done okay. You know, Medine need a lot more from Gary. Everybody knows that. Gary will know that himself. But at this moment, we're, we're still trying to find the answers. And we're, how many games in now? Eight games. Eight games in without a win. And we're still trying to find answers to questions that, you know, for me, you have those sorted pre-season. You know those things. You know, you know. Okay, you might play Patson as a cover for one game because Big Kenneth's down injured and Gary's got a knee problem. But to the Sarah Main, it, absolutely, it, it's it, to me it, it's it's all it a bit well. too guess too much guesswork at the moment. Um, although Neil Warnock can't be held accountable for players' form, as Blakey says, um, he can be held accountable for not cutting the losses on the Dean in the summer. I think Nate. Um, he obviously thinks you know, I, I don't know if there's an element of having to justify the six million pound fee you can argue that fee was justified because Cardiff have gone up you know Gary Medine would surely be the first to accept he's not a Premier League striker I may be wrong there um, well the, look at the evidence um, well to be fair to him as Blake says he's not really had a chance but look, well, Warnock clearly doesn't feel he, uh, Medine is a Premier League striker on no, form, but you, on as, form as, anyway. even in the championship, he was. He, he, you have to say his chances were limited, and I tell you now, as a striker, this, this is this is the main point I think, and the main problem with Gary. As a striker, when you're bought for money, you're expecting to be the main man, right? So he was probably expecting to come in as the numero uno, pay money for him if he can get ten goals over the back out for the season and get him promoted you know he's lauded and going the next season totally different frame of mind totally different confidence levels the lot right you would see a different player but when you're in and out and then you probably probably realised actually uh, the, the fans here love Kenneth the manager seems to have Kenneth as his number one he's just trying to get him some you, you know he's not stupid you realise all these things so you realise your importance, and some people say, "Ah, oh, you're talking nonsense, Blakes." I, I know you you would think that, but I've been in the dressing room and I've seen and witnessed this firsthand, right? Where you can see a player at one club and you think he is pants, and he goes to another club and rips it up, and you think, "Oh, why didn't he do that for us?" Because it just for whatever reason, yeah, dictate, circumstances dictate. But when do you, when do you, when do, when comes the point to? to write off a player Cardiff have written off Lee Tomlin because they didn't think he fit in whoa into where'd you pull him from Houdini well he's still in the squad he's still he's still <laughs> at the club yeah. Cardiff invested money in him he arrived as a marquee striker or forward mm. and then decided that he's not for us we're not going to put him in our Premier League squad mm. Do, when does when comes that, that time for let's say Gary Medine if this continues I mean the irony is going back to what Blake said about 10 minutes ago about who do you want to play centre forward for the way you play? 
you could argue Gary Medine fits that bill as much as anyone. Blake Absolutely, here, he? if you want a platform to play off and play back in the midfield and runners, hundred percent. Tom, Tom's shaking his head here. He should everybody. be. He but, should be number I'm, two to Zaha. I'm simply answering the question that Blakey said in that respect. No, mm-hmm. I think Callum Patterson scored eleven goals last season. He's more of an option than Medina. For yeah, me. but he had a run of games, Tom. He, you know, he didn't score eleven goals when he was in and out of the team. Once he got in the team and then had a run of games and played the same position week in week out, you know, he became a much better player than when we seen him on the right or at right back or at right wing. He became a much better player. Would you agree or disagree with that? I think I would. Ag- I would agree with that, but I would agree that. You have to show it at some stage, and Patterson did. Therefore, he, des- he deserved it. Yeah, I take that. Speaking I mean, of I showing it, I think the the big question here needs to be: kind of have the centre forward with all the attributes in Ken Zahor. The question needs to be: why why is Zahor not firing, as we know he's capable of firing? And, and as Blake says, it's not just this season; cause he's had limited chances. Why did he not fire, as we know he can fire towards? the latter half of last season as Maybe, well. Maybe, okay, so, let me so play I devil's advocate. Let me play devil's advocate with that one. Maybe he had a good run of form and now what we're seeing is the norm. Maybe. Do you think about that? That When he had scored that goal where he ran from the halfway line and he was drilling them in from 18-yard box, ridiculous angles, right foot, left foot. Maybe that was just a a purple patch. And maybe Pop, now what we're seeing possi- is the possi- norm. Possibly in terms of actually goal scoring itself. But in terms of, you you mentioned a centre, a centre forward needs to have, to hold the ball up, needs to be able to link play. He needs to be able to run behind defences. Ideally, he's got pace. I think we can agree Zahor's got those attributes, Blakey. Yeah, he may or may not, for him? He may or oh. may not be able to score goals. Time will tell, but... But my problem got... is with Ken right now, and it's not a problem, but my, my thing is with Ken right now is Patterson's in before you. Patterson's in as the number nine before you. That's where Neil's at the goal. So, you know, what what unless Neil has said something so derogatory to you that you're you, you just not having it and don't want to play for the club, I don't think there's, there's, there's an excuse for, you know, listen... Loss of form can happen, happens to many players, but I'm not looking and seeing a reason off the back of last season, promotion, everyone on a high, looking forward to this season. You come into this season and, okay, Neil Warnock signs two or three strikers, but that's 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 a warning that's shot over your head. By the way, if you're not firing, there's people set behind you waiting for their opportunity. And he also started Ward ahead of him in uh, in the Man City. So I'm like, how long do you wait for Kenneth to come and start firing? Well, he can't wait forever. He didn't really fire um, last season. You would say largely it was due to Patterson's. But no, the point goals. is that, that that no centre forward is firing though, Blakey. And no, doesn't doesn't there just come a point where you almost have to park the weight and say? Right, you're my man. You're playing there now for the, for the, for up until Christmas or whatever. Go out and get some goals or something, and then make a judgment at that point. I know, I know, Cardiff don't have I, that time, but I understand they're, what you're they're, saying. They're, they're mixing matching anyway. Yeah, I think what Dom's point was that you have to show it. <clears throat> I accept that. Not last season. You have to show me this season that, and I, I didn't think uh, who was it? Kenneth played against at home. Newcastle. 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 Newcastle Burnley. and Burnley. I didn't think he was 
He did all right. I thought he did all right. I, 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 thought, okay. I thought he played it's all time, right. He, these are the, this is the time now you kind of I thought he was poor against Newcastle personally he missed a lot of, let him a kick lot of on. opportunities let him kick on and, and persist with him but it, it hasn't materialised and I think the problem as well is Neil needs success now every game goes past that you don't pick up the three points you know the elephant in the room becomes bigger and whiter it's huge and huge they're trying to avoid talking about it but everyone else is talking about it they haven't picked up a win first of all it was hadn't scored a goal then he popped that bubble, yeah? Now it's right, the, win. the three points. Where are they going to get the three points from? That is the worry. Just before we, we go on to ask Blakey, I'll just picking up on something you just said there, you've got to show it, which is what we've been saying. Mm. Someone else has got to show it and could be in trouble of being dropped, I think, is, is Junior Hoyler. He just doesn't seem to be the same player, like we said with Zahor, mm. as last season. I, I can't mm. put my finger on it. The incident against Spurs when... He didn't quite throw himself at the ball when Murphy chipped oh, it Oh, yeah, he should have gone with a lot there. Uh, that frustrated me. For, for me, you go and... A goal's always worth an injury. That's how I thought. <clears throat> Whether that injury lasts, you know, you get one between the legs and it lasts 10 minutes, bellyache, or you break a leg and you're out for four or five months. A goal is worth an injury to me and I, I don't think Junior went with the lot I think he tried to nick it rather than thinking it's on the line the ball's just got to go that way as long as the ball goes that way not this it's, going in. it's a goal it's a goal I just thought he should have gone kind of Schmeichel-esque everything the lot if he gets in the stomach but you know there's no way Olivaren flicks it away from me no. no, I think you Is that symptomatic of where he's at, Hoyler, at the moment? I, I, it's confidence. I, again, Dom, it's so many players who were playing under where they were last season. Do we yeah, even that in the championship, their form. You say, oh yeah, but you know they stepped up to the Premier League, but they're they're just their form and what they're doing on a day to day isn't where it was last season. Now, whether that's psychologically, it's the step up to the Premier League, and they think, oh, you know, do I belong or whatever? I don't know, but you know, if they play. If they were playing, if there's few players, if they were playing to their form of last year, they're going to be holding their own at this level, at least. And I just think, I take your point, I think, I don't know what's wrong with Jim. I, I can't, can't work it out, mate. Mendes Lang's becoming a bit of a loss, I think, because he would he would become a real option on the right and Murphy on the left for me, on, on form anyway. That raw pace and power, yeah. Paul's looking as if he doesn't agree with that. Right, let's move on then. <laughs> let's have a bit of Ask Blakey after another break. You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online. Right, time for some Ask Blakey then. Uh, a nice way of leading into what we'll talk about afterwards. From Rob Lay on Facebook, Nathan, he says... Hi, uh, Rob. He says, do you think Cardiff can beat Fulham or is that just wishful thinking? Oh, they can beat Fulham. I think Fulham are in a... Their, their problems uh, are going to mount to be bigger than ours, I feel, because at this moment in time, expectation is, yeah, Cardiff are already down. They're just here for the party sort of thing. As Neil's been saying, just go and enjoy it sort of thing. So, you know, but Fulham, spending 100 million quid, you know, being lauded as arguably the best footballing team in the championship last season, 
You know, they 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 got a lot to live up to. They put the house on it, haven't they? Spending so much money bringing in those yeah, players. Yeah, and and you know, sometimes it's an age-old thing, Don. But they'll say, you know, too many cooks spoil it, don't they? And I feel they probably tried to transition too quickly. Well, I think we haven't transitioned quickly enough. Well, I was going to say it's interesting. The three promoted teams have, have all approached it in a different way. Mm. You like you say, Cardiff probably haven't changed enough. Mm. Fulham have probably changed too, too much. Good. But then you look at Wolves. They're perfect. Yeah. Find a way. Find a manager. Find a way that a philosophy that the club wants to play that he wants to play that suits each other. Done that. Go out, play a certain way. Done that. Play a play a, a game that is equally as effective in the championship as in the Premier League. Done that. Transition. Buy players who can play in both leagues. Well, you don't know until the proof is in the eating, in it. They've done that. It's proven so, hasn't they it? They can do it, and they've brought in signings on top, but not ten or eleven signings. They've brought on you know four or five signings on top of what they had that fits into the philosophy and the way they play, and they're just they're just you know getting better, getting better, getting better, and then players coming back off injury were dangerous and. So how about answering uh, Rob's question? How can Cardiff mm. beat Fulham? They, they didn't oh, beat well, them last season. They lost 4-2 no, at home. No, 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 no. But I think they're facing a different Fulham to what they faced last season. And, you know, before Fulham, they play Liverpool, mind. So uh, that's... No, Liverpool's after. Oh, Liverpool's after yeah, Fulham, is yeah. it? Oh, my Fulham's bad. the next one my after bad. the international break. Okay, I thought it was Liverpool then, Fulham. Um, they've got, uh, you know, you say how can they beat them? Million dollar question, I guess. Effectively, they're at this moment in time, you'd say the best chance of beating anybody is either through set pieces or using their wing players, or especially, I would say, Murphy is the key at this moment in time. Um, whether they can get enough of the ball to then be able to do those things. I don't know. I haven't seen... And Fulham's one of the teams I haven't seen this season so far. I saw them against Arsenal. So I've seen a match the day. They're ripped apart. I've seen a 90 minutes, no. It'll be very interesting to see what happens there. Uh, An interesting one here from uh, Emir Wynne-Jones on Twitter. Uh, Paul was quite keen for us to discuss. He says quite... I don't know whether this is controversial or not, but he says, Why are Cardiff so hated in a way Swansea never seemed to be? Um, And does that affect today's footballers? Because we've got great fans. They're nuts, man. Everyone knows us. Is that why people don't like Cardiff? Uh, in partial, yeah. Uh, like you go down at Liberty, we've said before, you see the Union Jack at the Liberty from time to time. You'll never see that at Cav City Stadium. <laughs> you know, and I think also we got a reputation. The old Soul Crew goes far and wide. Uh, I remember going to Villa last season and, you know, it was, it was about five o'clock, and the police were running around like bumping into each other because Cardiff were coming. They were they were freaked, and I think as well you've got the Neil Warnock effect, where people don't like Neil Warnock and his definitely, football. Yeah, definitely. And then you've had a couple of rash challenges from people, which then all fits into this idea that ooh they're just physical and that's what we were saying before, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's where the dislike comes from. But hey. Bothered. Anything to add on that, Paul? 
No. Let's go on then again. Paul, you're very quiet today. <laughs> Taking in the great man and his uh, Ask Blakey section. Thanks for those questions. More of that um, after the international break. We won't be doing a podcast next week. So let's get into our predictions then after another break. And, uh, and it's not just the likes of the Premier League. Remember going to Scunthorpe and all those places, Paul, in the third division? Eight of us there. Oh, it's like, ooh, these horrible sheep shaggers are here and whatever. Yeah, whatever. Just Burnley, I remember going there. They hated us. But, you know, it just makes it even more special when you do them over. Five out of ten, by the way, last week. Oh, it's all right. So, Nathan, a quick look back at your predictions from last week. Uh, five correct results, no correct scores. I'd say this was a, a middle-of-the-road score for Yeah, you. I'm quite happy with that yeah? because I thought it was a really difficult one to call last week. Well, you didn't see uh, Watford nil, Bournemouth 4 no. uh, coming. You didn't see a few other things. I think you said Leicester would beat Everton and that obviously turned out the other way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just about got Man United right, but that was a, a, a <laughs> yeah, clap score for you as well. Yeah. Uh, and Southampton, Chelsea, you said 4-1, it was 3-0, so unlucky not to get two two points for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go through, not this weekend, because we've got international break, but yeah. the coming uh, Premier League fixtures and um, see what you say, and then we'll finish with our predictions for Cardiff City's six-pointer against Fulham. Okay. Uh, Chelsea Man United I'll go Chelsea 3 Man United 1 um, Eden Hazard I think he's just unplayable at the moment uh, and they'll be looking to prob- Chelsea are probably thinking what's going on at United at the moment we've already suffered that so put the it, nail into uh, Mourinho into Mourinho yeah definitely um Bournemouth, Southampton, uh, River South Coast Derby, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go. I'll go one nil. Bournemouth, uh, Cardiff, Fulham. We're going to leave. Or yeah, we'll come it? back to Cardiff, okay. Fulham at the end. Man City, Burnley. Um, I'll go three nil. Man City, Newcastle, Brighton. Newcastle are massively struggling. Chris Hewton, home manager, going back. I'm going to go Brighton and get to... I'll go 2-1 Brighton. Interesting. Uh, West Ham, Spurs. Oh, they'll always step up for the Spurs. And it's at home. So I'll go 2-1 West Ham that game. Uh, Wolves, Watford. Wolves are on a high. Watford are on a low at the moment. So Wolves at home. I'll go Wolves two, Watford one again. Uh, Huddersfield Liverpool. Well, Huddersfield is struggling massively, so I'll, I'll nil them and I'll three nil Liverpool away win. Kind of need Huddersfield to keep struggling, don't they? Yeah, Everton Palace. I think this is a again one of those tricky ties. Um, Palace are going to rebound. So I'll go with 2-2. And Arsenal v Leicester. Arsenal on a roll. I'm going to go 3-2 Arsenal. Interesting stuff. Well, Cardiff Fulham then. We'll start with you, Paul. This is, if you could get more than a six-pointer, 
this is that, isn't it? It's as must-win as must-win can be for me. Yes. yes, yes, even more than Burnley, which was absolute must-win and they lost. Um, I think there'll be goals in this game. I hope both defences are fragile. Fulham's has been proven to be, hasn't it, over the past um, few weeks? Fulham are in a terrible mess. They got absolutely smashed by Arsenal on Sunday. Did you think Cardiff looked better defensively on against Spurs? Yeah, until, until, I, saw, until I saw the match of the day highlights and then realised how many chances Spurs yeah, had as well. Yeah. And that diet goal, they, <laughs> yeah. they just switched off with the ball bouncing yeah, in the box. Yeah. And, well, the corner. Yeah, yeah they just weren't, they, they weren't out of the dressing room. It, you know, and they got to be. Simple as that. They're just too... But F- Fulham, Fulham have got attacking threats. So Cardiff's defence... Will be really tested. Him, you know, Mitrovic. We know all about him. I, I just, do you know? What? I think there'll be goals. It could be three-two either way. I really can't call it. I'm going to do We're a going Blakey. To make him call it, I'm, I'm going to do a Blakey and say, the heart says three-two Cardiff. Finally cracking that first win. But the truth is, I won't be surprised to see it go the other way. Okay. Nathan, I'm going to go Dom. I'm going to go one. For Cardiff, and I'm going to go zero for Fulham. So you don't think there'll be goals? No, I think no. it's going to be the tightest of tightest affairs. Yeah, because both teams know they can ill afford to lose that game. A point's not really mm-hmm. neither here nor there. Um, Fulham not in great form. I think Mitrovic, great player. I think it would be really good for Cardiff actually. Yeah. Um, I would like to see us go after him straight after the end of the season, but it wasn't to be. Um, but I think the likes of Bamba and Morrison, yeah, I think they can more than manage him, cope with him. So I think it'll be a tight game where I'm going to go Cardiff, just sneak it late on, set piece, 1 0. I think it might be a draw. I think it might be the result that no oh, one wins. Oh, Splinter. He got Splinters. Well, I th- I th- <laughs> it's like you say, tight one to call. I think it'll be that, it'll be that result that no one wants, but will end up a one-one or something like that. So that's what I'll say. Anything more to add from either of you before we wrap up for today? Uh, no, only that we have got to get a win soon. Law of averages says we got to win. The soon. elephant in the room, as you called it. Yeah, 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 got to get that win. I think, I think that that. That will either after we get our first win, you'll either you'll see one or two things happen preceding that. Cardiff will either be up and above where they've been playing wise, and you'll think we've got a we've got a chance now, or it'll be a spike. It'll go up and then down. Next game will be in your thing. It's just a one-off thing. It's looking like five teams, isn't it? Absolutely for the yeah. relegation berths. Yeah. Cardiff, Huddersfield, Fulham, Southampton, and Newcastle. Southampton, I think, they're massive. Yeah, I, th- I think, and I don't understand why Newcastle are because I think they've got some decent players and a good manager in Benitez. So I don't really understand Newcastle. There's obviously something going on behind the scenes there, but they're showing no signs of clawing away. Mm. No, Cardiff, no, 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 Cardiff are not cut adrift by any means, are they? So. No, so so I think it's out of those five. I would rather hope Brighton are dragged into it, but I think they I think they're be. too good. I think they're they too well be. set. Up. I think it's out of those five. Cardiff can finish above three of those teams, but they, they just got to get there, get a settled eleven, 
get the striker situation sorted and start gaining some confidence and gaining momentum. There's a positive end there. Nailed it, yeah. Fantastic stuff. Well, thank you both of you for your contributions today. Remember, you can get all your Cardiff City news on Wales Online. That's where you can listen to the podcast or via iTunes, Spotify or Acast. And it is brought to you in association with Giovanni's. And if you want to ask us a question, you know where we are on social media. Thanks all, and we'll be back very, very soon. Cheers.